You're listening to a Church Doctor production. Welcome to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. Hi, I'm Kent Hunter, founder of Church Doctor Ministries. Welcome to this podcast series. Our subject, real churches, real challenges, and real solutions. In this series, we'll explore challenging issues that are front and center in four of today's American congregations. These issues include, number one, how to replace a retiring pastor. Number two, how to reach unchurched people in this secular society. Number three, how do you get a church off the plateau and move toward growth. And number four, how do you deal with the cumbersome decision-making process that chokes progress in most churches? We'll be talking with ministry leaders from Whitefish, Montana, Cincinnati, Ohio, Sterling Heights, Michigan, and Hudson, Wisconsin. Welcome to this episode of the podcast series called Real Churches, Real Challenges, Real Solutions. I'm Kent Hunter, founder of Church Doctor Ministries, and my guest for this episode is a new friend, a, a good friend, I, I believe uh, and, and feel, uh, Jeff Dorn. Uh, Jeff is from Christ Lutheran Church uh, in Whitefish, Montana, uh, a beautiful spot on this earth. And uh, that church is part of a network of churches called Lutheran Congregations in Mission for Christ. And so we got a chance to know each other a little while back. And uh, Jeff, I'm glad for this opportunity to uh, share a little bit with you after our time together in Whitefish. Thanks for having me, Ken. Yeah. Uh, how's life in Whitefish these days? Is it still as beautiful with the mountains and the climate and everything as uh, I remember it? Uh, yes, it's, it's a special place. Uh, summers are, are beautiful, and uh, so it's a precious time of year right now. We have sun shining today, so we're happy. Well, that's really good. Yeah, it is a, a beautiful place. And uh, I really have to say, having got to know a little bit about your church that you go to, uh, this Christ Lutheran Church is really a kind of a special, in, uh, in a sense, a, a beautiful church in a lot of ways. And um, I just uh, wanted to ask you first, though, to tell us a little bit about what do you do when you're not uh, hanging out at the church? What do you do for a job? Uh, tell us a little bit about your family. Okay. Uh, well, I'm retired now. I just retired two years ago after working uh, 29 years at a major forest products company. And uh, had at that job, I worked in information technology in various project management and leadership roles. Uh, I also have an accounting background, so I did the final financial management work, the budgeting and forecasting and financial reporting work for the IT department. Um, I've been retired for a couple of years, and so I've uh, been moving on to some different things, volunteering my time. I help coach the high school golf team and like to golf myself. and. Um, I have a volunteer position at our local credit union and, and also help out some at the church. Oh, that's great. How about your family? Uh, yeah, I've been married for 30, 
six years. I hope I got that right. And, I do uh, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two uh, two kids, uh, both uh, out of the house. My daughter's a junior at Montana State University, and my son graduated from college a year ago and is working in Utah right now. Oh, that's great. Well, uh, I have to ask you, information technology and financial management, it sounds complicated to me. Is, is that as complicated as churches are? <laughs> um, hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> in some ways, yes. In, in, some ways, in some ways, no. But uh, I mean, both of them have certainly some common attributes. I mean, they're both uh, a business in a certain form of the word. They both uh, are run by people, and so you have the, the human dynamics, the organizational dynamics of, of large groups of people working together, um, you know, trying to do good work. Well, as we did the research for your church, I uh, uh, and you've seen all of this, of course, in the report, but um, like many churches in America, your church has been plateaued for uh, at least a decade, and it's also what we could call an aging church, um, not referring to the facilities or the spirit of the people, but the uh, age of the people in the congregation, uh, the average age, which does not reflect your county with a uh, number of younger people in the area there, even in Whitefish. But um, So there's some challenges there, but... What was it that drove your church to look for outside help from someone like Church Doctor Ministries? Um, yeah, well, I think that probably the, the primary driver, the, the impetus, was that our pastor recently retired after 28 years, I think, uh, with our church. And so um, I think that it was actually his idea, but a great idea, to look for some outside help uh, to guide us through the transition. And you know, I guess I would say that we really wanted to make sure that the future direction and vision for the church was decided by the congregation collectively and not just dictated by a new pastor. We wanted to make sure that, that we had a clear understanding of what we needed in a new pastor, what specific attributes and qualities do we need in the new pastor to help us build that vision that we have for our church? And then uh, we also wanted to provide that new pastor with a clear and complete picture of who we were as a congregation, what our church was all about, and the history and, and the work that, that you guys helped us with certainly built a very comprehensive portfolio of information about what Christ Lutheran is all about. And in doing all this, I think that we really will send a strong, positive message to all the candidates that are interested in becoming our next pastor, that we as a congregation are serious about following Christ. You know, years ago, we uh, asked uh, John Maxwell, uh, a leadership coach and author of many books, uh, John, we asked John if he would uh, be willing to do a, a video uh, for Church Doctor Ministries, and I didn't know what he was going to say. I, I think he made it up on the spot, but he's really smart about leadership and, and things like that. And when he did this video, I was watching, and he encouraged people in churches the value of having someone come in with what he called fresh eyes, um, someone from the outside who doesn't have a lot of the history but will bring a, a broader view to a, an entity like a church, I thought about that as uh, I was 
considering speaking with you about this since you also have worked with a, a company in a certain areas. Do you see the value of that with uh, fresh eyes and and what, what do you think that means for your congregation and any entity that would have someone from the outside come in? Absolutely. Um, you know, throughout my career, I w- worked with numerous outside consultants. Early in my career, I didn't really understand it, but as I became more experienced and, and developed a broader perspective, uh, undoubtedly that outside perspective, fresh eyes, is, is hugely valuable. So. Whether you're running a for-profit business or a church, your time is limited, and for good or worse, it's almost exclusively consumed by day-to-day operations of the business. You don't have much time, or we don't tend to allocate much time for looking ahead, strategic planning, or keeping on top of emerging best practices. And so it just makes sense to hire an expert who's done the research on an ongoing basis, they're keeping up on trends. They're visiting a wide variety of similar and dissimilar organizations and compiling a knowledge base that gives them a pretty significant perspective and then can assess what pieces are going to work well in your situation because they've seen similar situations and, and what areas won't. And, you know, I mean, getting to know you a little bit in Church Doctor Ministries, That's exactly what you guys do, in my estimation. Years ago, we've had different consultants come into Church Doctor Ministries, and I have to admit, I was just a little nervous about that. Um, Even though I do this to churches all the time, I'm just a little uncomfortable. I have to admit that. It's my confession. Uh, Do you think that some people feel uncomfortable uh, with that and, what is that dynamic, and is it all bad? Is there some good things about that, or how do you feel about that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you're absolutely right. There is an element of discomfort, um, and the name of your organization, Church Doctor Ministries, is actually a great name. We kind of joke about it a little bit internally, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I mean, when you go to the doctor, you know, we don't, sometimes we don't want to go to the doctor because we're afraid there might be something wrong with us. You know, we feel okay, we think we're doing fine, you know, but you still should go, you know, and get their perspective, and they probably have some ideas on how you can, your life can even be better. You know, we think we're okay, we're doing fine, but are we, are we optimizing what we're doing? And so there's just a, a fear something might be wrong, there's a, you know, a fear that, oh, they might tell us we're doing something wrong and that won't feel good. You know, there's an ego involved in that. And also, I mean, we just, we think we can do it all ourselves. We're independent people and, and you know, who, who knows what, they, what crazy ideas they might come up with. So what would the people feel now? You've heard uh, some of the recommendations. You've heard us say, we're not right about everything, so you're not going to do everything we recommend. But yeah. uh, but where does that leave people now? Uh, is there a nervous atmosphere, or is there, you know, how, how does that uh, how does that work in a group like a congregation like yours? Feedback that I've heard, and it's still new. You know, I mean, it's still really fresh. I mean, you guys were only here a few weeks ago. It's your final report, um, but the feedback's been very positive. 
I think going back to your last question, one of, one of the fears and concerns I think that people have, and I know I have, I can speak for myself on this, is that I worry that, and I've seen it, where consultants come in and their report's already written before they start because it's the same report they give to everybody. You know, they have their idea and their story, and that's what they're going to tell you. And that didn't happen <laughs> with, with you guys. And so, you know, I got over that fear uh, with Church Doctor Ministries. You guys really listened, um, and the congregation felt that. And, the, you know, the, the recommendations were recommendations that were, you know, really felt like they were targeted and customized and crafted for us and where we're at today and weren't just, okay, you know, our Lutheran church recommendation is always this. You know, that wasn't that wasn't what you guys did. So um, the feedback was, was really good to the recommendations. Um, you know, we still have a bunch of work to do to figure out which we're going to implement and how our action plans will be developed and whatnot. But, um, yeah, if, to whatever extent there was some fear and concern at the beginning, that level was much lower by the end of your visit. Well, that's always good to hear. I think that's pretty natural for people. Um, and so I, I think uh, we have a lot of churches in America that are um, uh, having the experience of a retiring pastor. It's been going on pretty strong for the last 10 years, and it'll probably continue at least another 10 years with the baby boomer population and a little bit after that uh, of retiring pastors. And so this is a huge challenge for churches. It's also a challenge because the supply of pastors is way down. For several years now, the Bible colleges and seminaries that train pastors are reporting the lowest enrollment numbers that they've had uh, maybe forever, some of these schools. And so it just uh, is going to be a challenge. And it's all, always a challenge to get a good fit for a pastor. I know several churches that have just blindly gone and, and felt like, uh, well, you know, God's going to guide us and we're going to get a pastor. And they didn't do much homework. And uh, literally, a number of churches where that has happened got no outside help. And they this this is not a good fit and a and a bad fit can literally destroy a congregation i've seen it and it's just terrible to see that kind yeah, of takes me back to you know the earlier question why get outside help you know and then for us maybe particularly is that i guess we've been blessed by not having to do this for 28 years we had the same pastor for that long of a period that we obviously, we're not practiced, we're not experts at hiring pastors because we haven't had to do it. So to get some outside help up front to make sure that we had all our ducks in a row, that we had some guidance, and to get the process started was critically important. Well, I know the two churches that I was called to before I went full-time with Church Doctor, in either one of those congregations, if I'd have had a report, done by church doctor or, or someone else that, that knew what they were doing, it would have helped me enormously to hit the ground running and know more about the congregation, even the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's just yeah. just to know that. It takes so long. Congregations are so precious in God's sight. People are so precious in God's sight that it just 
takes so long to get going and figuring it out, and um, I just think that should be a great help to a pastor, and maybe even help pastors decide, yeah, this church is for me, or no, this church is not for me, which yeah, protects the church said, as well. Yeah, as you said, fit is critically important. You know, we're a, we're a large group of, you know, imperfect humans with our own, you know, cultural dynamics and and uh, ways of doing things, and the more that we can know of, of the incoming candidate pastors, and the more the candidate pastors can know about us, the better chance that we'll get it right. So where are you now in the process? It's early, early on, I know, but could you just explain for our listeners uh, mm -hmm. where you were when you started uh, to inquire about a consultation and this report and all that, and then where you were uh, a few weeks ago and where you are now yeah. since okay. I last saw you. So let me see if I can get the timeline right. I, it was in January or February, I believe, when we initially started reaching out to you. Um, our senior pastor was still here. Uh, we started the engagement uh in April and uh, went through the interview, on-site interview process and all of that. Our, our, our pastor retired on June 9th, and then you came and delivered your final report on June 30th, I believe, and so he was gone at that point. Um, uh, so, you know, after he left, you know, we have um, – and I feel like the staff has done a great job of uh, filling the pulpit every week with uh, a variety of very interesting speakers, some inside the congregation, some outside the congregation. Uh, former pastors uh, have come back uh, that are living elsewhere, have uh, come back and spoken, and others, uh, which has been very interesting. I think the congregation has really enjoyed it, actually. Um, we have started to interview candidates for an interim pastor position. So our, our feeling is that the person that uh, is going to be right for us may not just be sitting at home waiting, uh, may take some time. And so uh, our plan is to pursue an interim pastor uh, for you know whatever time that takes for us, so whether it's six months or a year. Um, and so I, I expect within the next uh, two months, hopefully, hopefully by uh, September, we would have an interim pastor in place. And in the meantime, now we're we've received your recommendations and um, starting to work through the process of you know organizing and prioritizing and you know assessing what we can bite off. Um, and developing our action plans, and, and those will, uh, you know, we'll target to have those done in 90 days, and which is probably about the time that that interim pastor hopefully uh, is on board. Do you know if uh, the team that is working on uh, seeking an interim pastor and a pastor, are they having any challenges uh, in the climate of our country today? Uh, do they have names? Do they... Uh, are they feel like they're making progress? Are they optimistic or worn out, or how are they, how are they doing yeah, right now? So, 
Um, I think there's still a, a healthy optimism. Um, I've heard that in terms of the – right now they're just focused on the three phases again. One was just, okay, how do we fill the pulpit uh, every week until we get an interim pastor? Then the second step would be interim pastor, and third step would be, you know, a new full-time pastor. So, you know, we have our plan through August in place, and now they've started to search for interim pastors. And I've heard they, they haven't found a lot. You know, I think they only had two or three responses to their call for an interim pastor. Um, and I think that was a pretty widespread call. I don't, I'm not aware of the details. Um, but they have, they do have names. Um, and we, we did have one, uh, individual on site. Uh, I think they interviewed the other one over the phone and they brought one on site and he led a Bible study for the congregation and we got to know him a little bit and um, we're praying uh, and I'm sure he's praying to make sure that uh, he's the right one for us for that interim position and and then they'll turn their attention to calling the full-time pastor. Well that's great. I was thinking as you were explaining that if uh, any of our listeners are retired pastors or interim pastors I can say this in all sincerity uh, Jeff uh, that your congregation is a unique and wonderful, uh, deep group of people. Many people in the Bible, many people deeply involved in the church and, and, uh, have a great view of God's work and, uh, a beautiful spot and one of the most amazing facilities I've ever seen. So, um, I, I didn't think that I was going to include that in this podcast, but there will be people listening, so yeah. maybe we could give it a little push there. Maybe God could use that, but it, it is a, it is a challenge nowadays to fill positions like that. Yeah. So what would you say at this particular point, and I know it's early on, it might be different if you're still without an interim and sometime like November, uh, but... Um, what is your level of optimism about uh, how you move forward here as a church? Uh, it's pretty high. Um, as you mentioned, we have a we have a lot going for us. Uh, the facilities are great, as you mentioned. We live in a beautiful part of the country. Um, wonderful congregation, and and we we follow Christ. Uh, and so you know, we just try to. Listen to what he has in mind for us, and read the Bible. And I mean, you know more than I do, better than I do, how many times in the Bible it says, you know, trust in the Lord, do not be afraid. And uh, you know, that's we're trying to we're trying to follow that, and uh, you know, believe in the promises that he has for us. So you're right, it's early on, and and we've had you guys here to help us, and that certainly has helped with our level of optimism. Um, but yeah, I, speaking for myself, I feel pretty good. Well, I said this to the congregation, I want to repeat it on the podcast here, is that the report that you have from us, uh, and I'm, I'm not bragging on us, I'm just saying any report like that that gives a good snapshot and deep snapshot of the congregation in all these different various areas. If, if I was a pastor out there and God was nudging me to move on to another church or I just felt like it was time that... I start a new chapter of life or something like that, 
and and I heard about your church and I got that report to look at, I would say these people are really serious. They are they are not fooling around. They are the kind of people that is everybody every pastor's dream come true of people you can work with and that will work with you as a pastor. I really feel that way. <laughs> Thanks. That's very flattering, Ken. Thanks very much. I, I, I agree with that. Um, we are just a bunch of sinners that get together. Let's not forget that. But, uh, you know, we're, we're Lutherans, and I, we, we believe, I think, in what Luther taught about priesthood of all believers. Um, and, and we are a we are a faithful congregation. You know, we strive to bring glory to God and share the light of Christ through everything we do, you know, every day. No question about that. I just think about all the information in the report. There's so many congregations I've seen over the years that are calling a pastor give so little information, the good, the bad, and the ugly, about the church that, that it's, it's really a, hard for a pastor to to really pray over uh, an invitation, to think about a church. I know most of them make a visit and that sort of thing, but even that is just a short little snapshot, and you really don't get into the depth of things. And uh, I know that some people feel that, you know, calling a pastor is a God thing, and God is in charge. But my feeling has always been, but God gave us a brain also, and for a reason, and to use our brain in concert with what he's going to do and call the right person, not take anything away from the divine call, but to understand that the more we can do our homework and be due diligence about this whole issue of calling pastors would help so many congregations at least be good stewards of the materials they have to do the job and uh, rise to the occasion that they have in their church with an empty pulpit at the moment. Yeah, absolutely agree. What are your major concerns as you look forward? I guess in terms of our church, at one level, I guess I have I have no concerns. You know, I I trust by faith that the future is going to unfold as it should according to the plans that the Lord has set out for us. Now, having said that, my faith is imperfect. So if you want to talk about, you know, risk, about what could go wrong, uh, I guess I'm concerned that we won't be patient enough, um, that we'll lose members due to the lack of pastoral leadership or that the, the change, the transition will just be too hard. You know, I mean, I could go across the street tomorrow to a church that has a pastor and isn't dealing with any of this stuff and, you know, Maybe I'd have to be a Presbyterian versus a Lutheran, but so what? So, you know, and if, if people need to do that, I think that's probably okay for if it's right for them, but that's a concern. I guess that there's some level of concern that as a congregation we might struggle to step up and fill the gap in the meantime, but I haven't seen that or felt that in any way. I've been extremely impressed with how the staff and the congregation has handling the tradition so far that as we move forward and you know risk you know losing some momentum you know that could be a concern um you know in a broader sense you know how can you not be concerned about the state of the world <laughs> you know, that's where i probably am most concerned there's certainly some work for the church to do 
in that regard. Well, and that's so true, and that's why we want to see churches like yours uh, get the kind of leadership you're looking for and God's God's person in that position and to uh, uh, to really uh, harness the wonderful gifts and talents of your congregation and uh, uh, reach out and bring Christ to a nation who desperately needs more of him. I thank you for this time. I, I just really appreciate your openness and willingness to share with me. I, I'd like to close by uh, praying for you and, and for your church. Can I do that? Absolutely. Yeah, Lord, I just thank you for uh, Jeff and the work that he's done uh, to help us help his church. And, uh, Lord, I pray that uh, his church will hang in there with strong endurance. The people there will continue to trust in you as they certainly are showing great signs that they do, that as time goes on, that won't wear thin, but that you will also raise up that person that is right for that congregation in Whitefish. And also, Lord, I pray for so many congregations across this land that will be looking for uh, filling pulpits and finding leaders in a time when there are many challenges. We pray, Lord, that you will, by your Holy Spirit, direct the right people to the right places and that you will uh, bring people into churches that will raise the people to the occasion of reaching lost people in our nation so desperately needed today. And so, uh, Lord, we lift up uh, Christ Lutheran Church and the people there and uh, all churches everywhere that are looking for help and that you will guide and direct them in whatever ways are best for them. And we'll give you all the glory and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ken. Yeah, God bless you, Jeff. Thanks so much. You have been listening to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. If you've liked this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to hear future episodes. Check out Kent Hunter's new book, Who Broke My Church? Seven Proven Strategies for Renewal and Revival, available now wherever books are sold.